Monsoon. It is. It is. Poke, poke. It is. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. <laughs> no, it's a podcast, actually. It is. It, it is, a, it is pre- a podcast. It's a pre recorded podcast. I, oh, wait. Does that mean we don't have to say anything and it's already done? I don't think that's how that works. Okay. <laughs> that's not how the force works. <laughs> I, wait, this is the force now? I don't know anymore. I'm confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Andy. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm okay. Oh. Uh, well, you know, the world is nuts outside around us right now, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Things are th- things are happening. Things are changing for the better. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so uh, we had a lot of fun talking about Strangers in Paradise last week. We did. And uh, and then I, I did lend you a couple of the, the next couple of volumes. I was wondering if you had gotten into those at all. Uh, to be honest, I had not this week, but they are downloaded, so you can okay. do your thing now. So, but <laughs> <laughs> And remove them okay. from your, from your yeah. drive. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, no, I was just, you know, I thought it would be a nice follow-up to, uh, to, to see if... Uh, I know you... I, I, yeah, like, a, you know... I, Gave you others. Just curious to see if you'd started them. Um, that's they cool. have been sitting open on my computer for like a week now, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to read it every single night. I keep telling myself I'm going to read it, and then me and my husband started doing workouts again. And then that's after cool. workouts, all I want to do is just lay face first on my bed and go, "Uh, I'm out of shape." <laughs> that is totally understandable. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did start reading the thing we're going to talk about next week. So, <gasps> Yay! Um, Was it next week or the week after? I don't know. One of those two. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to take a week off coming up soon because it's going to be the anniversary of my dad's passing. And I'm mm-hmm. usually a mess that weekend. So I don't know what the date is right now. Um, it's June 2020. It's been it's been a while. Um, and uh, yeah, the last the last few years, I've just been a, an absolute wreck. So um, I'm going to miss an episode. Uh, Steph, if you and, and if Josh can if you guys can work out a time to record something that would be great uh mm-hmm. if not hey guys we might miss a week coming up here in june so um, yep. I, I apologize but uh you know i gotta take care of myself as well yes so yeah so self-care is important yeah yeah so let's talk about things that happened in the past <laughs> in the past like 10 years or so like sure. defim records making our awesome music hey that did happen within the last 10 years in fact basically all of defim records have in the last 10 years no way <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so hey guys if you liked the the cool intro music that you heard at the start of the show you can go to def m records uh d-e-a-f-m-r-e-c-o-r-d-s dot com and uh find yourself some great new music do it yes and you can follow them on the social medias they're also def m records on on twitter and facebook so you can do that you can follow us on the social media uh, Atomic Monsoon at Twitter and Facebook and with the underscore between the two words on Instagram. And if you have questions or suggestions, you can email us AtomicMonsoon at gmail.com uh, and you can get fun things from our Redbubble store. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us on whatever your favorite podcast aggregator is. Do it. Do yes. it. Do mm. it. Do 
it. Uh, but yeah, I I thought you know we had been doing the the list of uh, movies by decade for a little while here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we realized hey, there's one decade that we've both lived through that um, we haven't talked about yet, and it's the one that just ended a few months ago. Yep, it's the 2010s. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk about them, and we're gonna talk about some of our favorite movies, and um, you know the thing we've been doing the last several episodes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, do you want to go first this week, or should I go first, or how do you feel about that? Hmm. Uh, I can go first. All right. So what do you got? All right. Um, are we doing honorable mentions? I can't remember. <laughs> oh. Uh. I didn't write any down, but, you know, we did the whole episode on the MCU, and those are the biggest, most profitable movies of the decade. So, yeah. Go check yeah. out our episode where we talked about those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we still should maybe do one where we talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, or Far From Home, because we never we didn't talk about that one. But whatever. Hey, that's a good movie, too. There's my, there's, there's my honorable mention. Go watch the Spider-Man movie that came out last year. Do it. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and do my first one. Um, okay. So my first one is, uh, it was the movies no, no one expected to be as good as they are. And I say that because I was watching a uh, Watch Mojo, which is a YouTube channel, uh, and they were talking about like the top 10 you know, misleading trailers and how the trailer looked really, really good, but the movie was really, really bad. Well, this was an example of where the trailer looked kind of eh, but the movie was fantastic. And that is Kingsman, um, the Kingsman movies. Okay. Both of them. Yeah. 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 Those are the, uh, those, those weird action movies set in England based on comics by Mark Miller. I did not realize they were based on comics. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mark Miller, um, who wrote like Kick-Ass and Old Man Logan and uh, uh, The Ultimates, which is loosely what the Avengers movie is based on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he he uh, he wrote that. And I, I want to say it was Dave Gibbons who drew it, the artist for the original Watchmen comic. Hey, uh, all right. I'm pretty sure it was Dave Gibbons. I might be mistaken. I should look that up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I actually haven't uh, I haven't seen those movies. So tell me about them. So the Kingsman movies, and I'll just talk about the first one because I I love I love both of them. Both of them are really funny. They're very action packed. They're very just. They definitely take an interesting spin on the spy genre mm-hmm. um, that we're so used to seeing with like James Bond and now Mission Impossible and all that stuff. Sure. Um, it was Dave Gibbons. Okay. It was Dave Gibbons. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the first movie is about uh, this kid who kind of grew up a bit of a troublemaker. Um, cause his dad got, uh, his dad was a part of the Kingsman service and then his dad ended up like dying, uh, in like the very first scene of the movie. So yeah. And the Kingsmen are like the secret, like the Kingsmen are like the English version of the American secret service, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Like a government officials like there to protect the, the Royal family or whatever. More yeah. More or less. Yeah. More or less like protect the Royal family, protect the world stuff like that. Okay. Government agency. Um, Government agency stuff, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the kid, his name is Eggsy, mm-hmm. uh, and they flash after you know they flash forward to when he's a bit older, like eighteen, nineteen years old, twenty, I think almost. Um, he uh, he gets approached by Colin Frith, okay, uh, and he pretty much tells him about the Kingsman service and tells him like you should join, and he's like, I don't believe you. I think you're just a weird guy in a suit. 
And then Colin Frith just totally owns these uh, annoying punks in a bar with like an umbrella, and it's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Um, like the it's just it, and and after that he tells him like you should join, and so he takes this long trialed test into joining the the, the secret service, uh, the Kingsman service, and everything, and it's just. It's this overall great film. It has fantastic action scenes that are just filmed in this really kind of amazing, almost video game-esque way. Uh, okay. It stars also Samuel L. Jackson as the main villain. Oh, cool. Um, and, okay. he t- and he plays the villain in a way where it's not like... Y- you almost love him more than hate him, and it's fantastic. Hmm. Um, it also is the movie that, if any of you have ever he- seen it and heard the song Freebird... You cannot unsee the church scene. That is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. And they did the same thing in the in the second film with um, Elton John's song El- uh, "Saturday's All Right for Fighting." Uh huh. Uh huh. Because Elton John's in the movie and he ends up like singing the song while they're fighting, and it's great. <laughs> uh, of course he is. <laughs> all right. So it's it's they're just great fun films if you just want to watch a good action movie, but also want to have a good laugh. That's definitely it. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So my my first one. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna do things based on comics, I guess I can I can jump right in. So this movie came out in 2010. Okay. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ah, oh, that uh, is a good movie. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim was based on the series of graphic novels by Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, who wrote and drew them originally in black and white, much like Strangers in Paradise last week. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I actually have the the hardcover colored versions of them as well. My roommate has the black and white ones, and I was like, "Well, I want to buy these myself, but I don't want to buy, just buy another set of the things we have in the house." So I mm-hmm. uh, got the color ones. Anyways, yeah. So the movie um, came out in 2010. Uh, it had a budget of 85 million dollars and only brought in 48.1 million at the box office. So it tanked. Wow. Um, but is it like a cult classic now? It is. It it okay. has de- more than made its m- money on home video release, um, okay. DVD, Blu-ray, etc. Um, here's the thing about about the release of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Somebody, somebody at Universal, thought that it would be a good idea to open a uh, you know fairly big budget movie um, based on a very obscure Canadian comic in America. The same weekend that The Expendables was opening, uh, like right, it the came same out that day. same weekend. It came out, yeah. So here's the thing: I owned a comic store at the time, <laughs> right? And my brother and I were like, we, 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 you know, the family owned it like this. So we were like, hey, you know, it's Thursday night. We neither of us have to go in to work until later in the morning. Let's go to the midnight showing of The Expendables, and mm-hmm. we got to we got to the movie theater. And there were two lines. And we were like, why are there two lines? And we forgot Scott Pilgrim opened the same night. Oh, no. So, like, whoever at Universal made that decision, I don't think they had their job Monday morning. Because, like, Mm -hmm. when guys that own comic stores who have been, like, we'd been promoting Scott Pilgrim like crazy because we knew the movie was coming out. And we forgot that it was that weekend because there was so much hype behind The The Expendables. Expendables which was a movie that had, you know, was starring every 80s and 90s action movie star that we had grown up watching. Yeah. And finally we got them all in one movie and heck yeah, we're going to go see that, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out Scott Pilgrim was I- the infinitely better movie. 
Uh, yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah, Expendables was kind of garbage, but boy, did it make a lot of money. Uh, and Scott Pilgrim didn't make any money at all. And holy cow, that movie is amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so Scott Pilgrim takes place in Canada uh, because that's where Brian Lee O'Malley is from. Uh, I, I want to say in Toronto. Um, okay. And it's a story of a kid named Scott Pilgrim and his band Sex bob um, and and kind of their misadventures. And uh, Scott meets this girl named Ramona Flowers and has a huge crush on her. But mm-hmm. because of the weirdness of comic books and video games and movies, uh, the plot is he has to defeat her seven evil exes in order to win the right to date her. Isn't one of them Chris Evans? Uh, yeah, one of them <laughs> is Chris Evans. <laughs> One of them is Brandon Routh. So Scott, played by Michael Sarah, has to defeat Captain America and Superman. <laughs> well, you're screwed. <laughs> also, his ex-girlfriend in the movie is Brie Larson. So that means that he had dated Captain Marvel. What's well, it's funny looking at that like ten years <laughs> later, just going like Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah. Scott had it going on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. Uh so so Scott was played by Michael Sarah. Um, Ramona Flowers was played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's been in a ton of stuff since then. Um, yeah, and then Chris Evans and Brandon Routh, as we mentioned, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza from uh, Parks and Rec, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Anna Kendrick. Like, the the list of actors who went on to become a big deal after this movie is ridiculously huge. Wait, didn't Michael Sarah? Is it Michael Sarah that went on to play Lex Luthor? Uh, no, that was someone else whose name okay. escapes me <laughs> okay because I, I know it's like michael Sarah, um andy uh andy samberg the kid from victorious and like one other actor all look the same yeah. in some way shape or form i can and it's see like that. I, can see that. Mm, I can't remember which one is which who played yeah. lex <laughs> so. um scott pilgrim was directed by edgar wright who uh uh did you know Shaun of the dead and um uh hot fuzz and was one of the writers on ant-man um, and was going to direct Ant-Man before creative differences between he and Disney uh, led to them parting ways. Um, so, yeah, yeah, good. Like, it's a really good pedigree for a movie. Just someone made the boneheaded decision to open it the same weekend as The Expendables. And mm. it didn't do very well in the theater. Um, no. I can say that, so I, I, listen, straight up, there's so many comics come out that it's impossible to keep track of all of them as they're happening. Yeah. Um, but so Scott Pilgrim, the comic is six volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had read the first five of them going into the movie. The sixth one came out the same week as, or, or like within a couple weeks of the movie, maybe two weeks. It was the same month at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I intentionally held off. I was like, I'm going to read these five and then I'm going to see the movie and then I'm going to read the book mm-hmm. and, and finish that. Um, I will say that it's not possible to adapt all of it into one movie, yeah. but what they did was really close. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the greatest hits of Scott Pilgrim on, you know, like, Hey, we have a, effectively like a five hour, you know, five, six hour story here in the comic and they condense it down to just under two hours. Yeah. Um, Brian Lee O'Malley was there working with Edgar Wright, you know, like to, to, uh, and, and was like one of the writers on the script and everything. So like, you know, the original creator had his say in everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. So um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a lot of fun, especially if you grew up playing video games in mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s. Um, if you are a music fan, all of the bands are based on video game puns. 
for example, Sex bob is not the Sex Pistols and not a bob from Mario Brothers. Um, uh, there's the band Crash and the Boys, which is an old, like, obscure Nintendo game. Um, there's the band The Clash at Demon Head, which is a combination of The Clash and the NES game Clash at Demon Head. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of fun in-jokes mm-hmm. for people who get it. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, last I checked, I think it was streaming on Netflix. So it might still be there. Uh, so if you haven't seen it or you want to see it again, you can go to Netflix after you are done listening to us talk about other things to list, to watch. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right, Steph, number two. All right. So my next one is, uh, it, it's an interesting choice. Um, it's actually probably out of all of the movies that I've talked about and mentioned and referenced, it is probably the biggest standout out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally I was going to talk about another film uh, and I was super excited to talk about it because it's one of my favorites. Okay. And then I discovered it came out in 2009. I thought it was uh, 2010. Oh no! <laughs> and it Just... was gonna be the it was gonna be the movie Angels and Demons. Okay. Uh, based that's, off it's the that's the the Dan Brown book, right? Yeah, the Dan Brown book that they made into a movie starring um, Tom Hanks and Ewan McGregor, and it's it is that's... all time one of my favorite films. Is it the uh, sequel to the Da Vinci Code? Is that what that is? Movie-wise, yes. Book-wise, it's the prequel. Okay. My okay. mom told me that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember Interesting. It, but... All right. But yeah, no, but I was going to talk about that, and then I was like, oh, it's the wrong decade. Uh, okay, well, I'll honorably mention it because I love it so much. Fair enough. Um, but no, but the movie that I did choose is actually one that I've thoroughly come to enjoy a lot. Um, so it is actually, so it's called Letters to Juliet. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a romantic comedy. So I got to throw that out there for anyone who's listening to go, uh, okay, what? Um, The story is about this girl played by Amanda Seyfried, um, whose name is escaping me at the moment. uh, And her and her fiance go on a pre-wedding trip to Italy to help him get ready for his grand opening of his restaurant in New York. Okay. And while in Italy... Her fiance is just so wrapped up in preparing for his new business, he does not spend any time with her. Mm-hmm. And during that, she they're staying in Verona, and she ends up finding this little nook kind of area of all these women writing letters to Juliet, and they pin them on the wall underneath this balcony that was supposedly Juliet's balcony. And this is Juliet from Romeo and? Yes, this okay. is Juliet Capulet, yeah. Got it, okay. Um, so she discovers that and she kind of sits there and she starts writing because she's a journalist uh, and she's writing about the fact that there's this whole wall and, you know, Italy and everything. Um, and then these women come by and they start picking off the letters off the wall and they walk away with the letters. And she follows them and discovers that they're technically the secretaries to Juliet and they write back to these women oh, in a way that as if like Juliet herself was responding. Okay. To kind of okay. give these women closure. And she ends up, and Amanda Seyfried's character finds a letter kind of just wedged in there uh, between the bricks. And it's this really, really old letter from like 50 years ago. And she responds to it anyway. Uh, and it turns out the woman is still alive who wrote it. Okay. And she comes with her grandson. And together, the three of them go on this trip across Italy to find her lost Romeo. Oh. And it's a really sweet story, and it's really a lot of fun. It's got great music in it. If any of you, if anyone listens to, you know, uh, music from other other countries and stuff like that, 
Um, it also includes the song Love Story by Taylor Swift, which is pretty much about Romeo and Juliet and falling in love. Okay. Um, but it's it's a really like good story. I even showed it to my husband, and he's not a big rom-com person, which, I mean, not many people are. I mean, but he sat and yeah. he watched it, and he was like, this is really good. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't even know how I came across it. I think there was just, like trailers for it. And I was like, hey, mom, we should go see that. And then we went to go see it and we both loved it. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Go check. I don't know where it's streaming. It might okay. be on Prime. Don't quote me on that. But if not, go look for it. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the trailers for that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I never got around to seeing it. So. Yeah. It, it's one that I will recommend to anyone who's at least willing to sit down and just have a, a good feel-good movie. It's definitely along that line of a good feel-good movie. Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. I like feel-good movies. I like feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to type in being bad at it. Uh, I want to see if it's streaming anywhere, but <laughs> I can't <laughs> type while talking. It's the worst. Um, let's see. It looks like uh, Google claims that if you have your Hulu subscription, it's on there right now. There you so, go. <laughs> yeah. So, so hey guys, when you're looking for stuff to watch, um, you can get Scott Pilgrim on on Netflix. I'm pretty sure, and uh, Letters to Juliet on Hulu. So, mm-hmm. yep, it's not letting me check it out on Hulu, but yeah, it says it's there. So I'm gonna believe Google for now, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, both of us just picked movies from 2010, so I'm gonna move <laughs> us. I'm gonna move us forward to 2011. one whole year i know uh no so i don't have a ton to say about this movie but i super enjoyed it when i got to see it it was the 2011 remake of conan the barbarian oh yes um which uh (laughs) there's a theme amongst three of the four movies that i picked this time and it's that they were all box office bombs um conan had a budget of 90 million dollars and had a box office of 63 million dollars uh, which is unfortunate because it was great. And I feel like it's a movie that if it came out today, the exact same movie, even if they just re-released it, I think it would be, well, not today because <laughs> mm-hmm. COVID-19, but uh, I, I feel like had this movie come out a year ago, uh, it would have done a lot better for one simple reason. Conan is played by Jason Momoa. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I think that that guy has become such a bigger star uh, between between just Game of Thrones and Aquaman that oh, that guy played Conan. Yeah, we should probably go see that movie. Um, but at the time, unfortunately, I think maybe the first season of Game of Thrones had happened, and I'm not even sure that it had. He was still basically unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will say that it's not a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are there are a lot of people who think that the the 80s version starring Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better movie, and I don't think that they're wrong. But they're mm-hmm. also very different movies. Yeah. Um, uh, and not that this is a a one to one comparison, but it would be sort of like saying that you like Adam West Batman better than Michael Keaton Batman, right? Or vice versa, right? Like, yeah, they're both Batman. Yeah, they're both Conan, but they're so completely different. Oh yeah, that, no, definitely. Right. Um, and actually, there was a bigger gap in time between the two Conan movies than there was between the two Batman movies. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it is what it is. Um, I will say that this one is super violent. It's very rated R. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've seen it once or twice on home videos and seeing it in theaters. I think it holds up pretty well. Um, uh, uh, what's the guy that played Hellboy? Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's in it. Um, Rachel Nichols plays the love interest. Uh, it's, you know, there's, there's no, like, it's not, if you want a cool high octane sword and sandal action movie, it's mm-hmm. pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, if you're looking for something with a whole bunch of depth and layers, you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, Conan 2011, um, which again, last I checked, it was streaming in a couple places. Um, let me double check. I should have written this down. Should have, uh, again, apparently if you have Hulu, it's, it's on there. There you so, go. Yeah. Uh, if you have not seen the Jason Momoa Conan movie, uh, apparently you can on Hulu. So there you go. Yeah. So that's that's I mean yeah I yeah <laughs> like I said not a lot to say about the movie it's cool it's bloody it's violent it's Conan it's it's Conan yeah <laughs> so there you go yeah all right so it's interesting all of the movies we've listed so far have either been from 2010 or 2011 because I'm counting that one as well sure. um, this next one is not from 2010 oh. or 2011 it is from 2016 that's okay yes <laughs> um so. There, a lot of Star Wars has come out in the past decade. That's pretty true. Uh, from, you know, the animated stuff from Clone Wars to Rebels to Resistance, uh, to the video games, to the books, the whole nine yards. Um, but obviously we had all we had the new movies, which included 789, Solo, and Rogue One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. choosing between the five films uh, was a little difficult for me because I'm going to say this now. I enjoyed all of them. Sure. I really enjoyed all of them. Um, Solo was a wonderful surprise. I absolutely loved it. Completely lost my mind when Darth Maul came on screen. Because uh, <laughs> he's my favorite that. villain. Yep, yep. Um, but, you know, when I actually thought about, out of all of them, which one did I like the most? And it is actually Rogue One. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was just interesting, because I know a lot of people have their, you know, they ha- everyone has their say about what is good and not good about the new films. Right. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, but specifically Rogue One, everyone seems to have like this overlying opinion of either they really, really liked it or they really, really didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my thing, and this has always been my thing, I really enjoy when stories just perfectly come together. Like they, there's just like connector points that just blend everything together. I really do love that. Okay. Um, but it's also just, I mean, Rogue One's a great action movie. It's got a great, you know, it's got a great sense of humor in the form of K2SO, um, which is played by Alan Tudyk, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got great, you know, it has really great character moments in the manner that like, we barely even know these characters and already we're kind of invested in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it brought back actors from the prequel trilogy in the form of Bail Organa and Ma and Mon Mothma. Uh huh. I think I missed said her name again. I'm sorry for everyone who's listening. Um, I mean, they also, you know, that was, they brought back, you know, Anthony, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, uh, but they also made reference to the Rebels TV series by uh, showing the droid from the series roll by in one moment. You overhear on one of the speakers at one point, Captain Sindula, please report to the hangar bay. And it's like, what? <gasps> Hera's here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's really, it's really nice how it weaves. And plus... Out of every moment from the new films that made me freak out and really just enjoy them that much more, the one thing that always gets me 
is the freaking hallway scene with Vader. Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone seems to love that scene. <laughs> it is such a great scene. The music is amazing. And that's just for the whole film, too. But, like, the music in that scene is just amazing. And um, there, was a, there was a YouTuber called Cinema Wins um, who did a review of it. And he gives, like, a, he gives like a point or like a win for every t- everything he likes about it. And that scene, all you hear is just the buzzer going, because he like fell asleep on the buzzer. <laughs> but it's just, um, but I, I, I thoroughly loved Rogue One. I loved the story. I loved the action. I loved the characters uh, from Jin to Cassian to the pilot to Chirrut, all of them. Uh, and it definitely... It definitely opened up the the audience who have never really read any of the expanded universe stuff. That, oh yeah, no, there, stuff like this happens a lot in the expanded universe. That's you just true. never knew it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I've seen, I saw Rogue One in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got to be honest, I'm one of those people that didn't really like it. Yeah. Um, I like moments. I like. I think Jen Erso is a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, is it K two five O is that or K two S O? K two S O. K two S O. Like he's he's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the um, oh the blind Jedi whose name escapes me and the actor that plays him escapes me. Uh, uh, the je- his name is Chirut and he is technically a <sighs> not a Jedi. Well, I forget. I he's not a Jedi, but he's um, okay. he, he's someone who kind of like worships and protects the Jedi name type of thing. Okay. Like a sage almost. Regardless, he was great, you know. Yeah. Um, um, the hallway scene is cool. Uh, I, I personally, I'm of the opinion that I, the scene, it it was cool to see Vader slaughter a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? Because that's one thing that we never got to really see in the other movies. We heard it's about how, how dangerous he was, but we never got to see it. He is. Yeah, I am of the opinion that that scene is scarier if you don't see Vader kill anyone. If you just, right, you have the the moment where they open the door, they all go in, it's black, and then you see the lightsaber open, mm-hmm. right? And then you see that it's Vader, and then if you cut, right, to just the door, and people you hear people screaming and stuff, like, I feel like that <laughs> also would have been really cool. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I'm a big fan of, of uh, you know, leaving things to people's imaginations so that it can be so much worse. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I am very impressed that Rogue One is you know, a sentence and a half in the opening crawl of the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And they managed to turn that sentence and a half into an entire movie. That's they cool. Yeah. I will give them all the credit in the world for that. Um, I just don't like movies where the good guys, spoiler, uh, where the good guys don't make it. <laughs> no, I <laughs> you <know>? definitely agree. <laughs> uh, and, and that, like that fact, and they had like, I mean, again, it's the opening crawl to the first Star Wars movie, but like, knowing that like hey these guys aren't gonna win like that takes the whole movie down a whole bunch for me yeah Um, it also adds a different flavor when you watch episode four (laughs) yeah yeah and it does it it had to happen that way because it was written that way before anyone even thought of turning that sentence and a half into a movie yeah um I just, you know, it bummed me out. Like, I left the movie sad, and I don't like leaving movies sad, because I want them to be entertainment that leaves me happy. Oh, yeah, no. I definitely so, I definitely agree on that front, and I admit, yeah. usually I like when the good guys win. Uh, I think it's because it's, illu- it's the fact that I already know what happens next, and the fact that they ended it sure. right as, yep. you know, episode four would start. Right, um, yeah. 
No, and that's cool. So that is cool. Yeah, it's like okay, I I, I feel saddened by this, but it's also. Um, it's also a thing where I, I don't think I had completely gotten emotionally attached to these characters mm-hmm. and also just kind of seeing that, yeah, we saw the Death Star blow up Alderaan, but we didn't realize that it could focus its energy and just blow up cities. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. 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 So. No, it's not a bad movie. Just, no. you know, uh, I have my nitpicks as a mm-hmm. very, very casual fan of. And that, that is fine. So, Yeah. But you know what? Not every movie has to be for every person. Exactly. For example, my next pick, Jupiter oh. Ascending. Uh, Jupiter Ascending came out in 2015. It was directed by the Wachowskis. Uh, it stars Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a budget somewhere between 176 to $200 million. And it brought in 183.9. So uh, it made about its production money back. It definitely did not make its... its um, advertising money back Mm -hmm. um here's the thing about jupiter ascending is it's not a good movie no but it's (laughs) but it's so close to being one Mm -hmm. and that's that's the reason that i wanted to talk about it um it's actually one of my favorite movies to talk about as being an interesting failure because everything about this movie should have been better than it was Mm -hmm. um it had all of the elements of being a good movie except for the part where it's a good movie. And I don't know... I don't know what to change. I don't know if things need to be taken... things needed to be taken out. Um, uh, So Mila Kunis plays a a young, poor girl, right? And and it turns out she's actually an intergalactic space princess, basically. And um, Channing Tatum is like a weird, like, hybrid wolf guy with wings. Um... And they go on adventures in space and, and she has to go do princessy things, blah, blah, blah. Um, and meets like the Royal family and they're all assholes. And I feel like, I remember when I walked out of the theater, I was like, man, I want to like this movie more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also felt like it was a trilogy that got condensed into one movie. Mm-hmm. And I could see where, you would write like, oh, you take this part and you expand it. You take this part and you expand this a lot and you take the third act and you like expand so much and you could like, it It felt like there could have been other scenes added into it to, to make it bigger. Um, at least at the very least, that movie could have been two movies without too much difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Warner Brothers just told the Wachowskis like, okay, but you also just did Speed Racer and that didn't do very well. So uh-huh. we're not going to fund multiple movies we'll do one yeah um it's fine like it's it it's just kind of unfortunate it came out in 2015 in the middle of like i don't know the mcu in like right after you know the scott pilgrim right Mm -hmm. like like uh right as and then like right after jupiter ascending is where we got all the star the new star wars movies so like it was just surrounded by a whole bunch of movies that were better Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Jupiter Ascending had come out, you know, even even five years earlier, I think it would have had gotten a better uh, better rap. Um, mm-hmm. If it had come out, you know, ten years earlier in two thousand five, I think it would have been like beloved. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it came out at a weird time, and also had just there had to have been some production issues that uh, no one has really talked about, or I haven't been able to find anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. Uh, if you get the chance to watch it, 
I and, and you don't mind killing two and a half hours, um, I recommend it um, just just to see what happened mm-hmm. um, when everyone really tried to make a good movie and just kind of couldn't. Um, oh, it looks like it's on Netflix right now, actually. Well, there you go. So, look, I, I would say it's worth watching, but maybe save your money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're already. Yeah. OK, so it is on Netflix. So if you're if you're already a Netflix subscriber uh, and you need you need to kill a couple hours, you know, you you could do it in worse ways. Yeah. Um, it's two hours and seven minutes. So, um, yeah. Uh, but but uh, don't you're not going to rush out and buy the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Seth, what's your last one? So my last one was the obvious one for the 2010s for me, uh, which is interesting because it's like, okay, wouldn't the Star Wars one be the obvious one for you? And I'm like, okay, I'm yeah, you're you're right. Because <laughs> um, I, I love Star Wars so much right. and I love all the new films. I love, you know, Force Awakens. I love Last Jedi. I love even Rise of Skywalker. Um, you heard me say it here, folks. Uh <laughs> Um, but the movie I actually picked is, uh, is a Disney animated film. Okay. And it's not frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just clarify that now. It is not frozen. Uh, I did love frozen. I did see it in theaters. It was really, really good. Um, but it's kind of oversaturated in its own way, just because of the fact that, and this is something interesting. This is something that I have actually uh, learned through a little bit of uh, discussion with friends who work at Disney and a few other things. Uh, Elsa and Anna are not officially a part of the Disney princess brand. No, no, they are not because no. they're part of the frozen brand and the frozen brand is big enough to stand on its own. Yes. Yeah. So just point that out there for anyone who didn't know that. I think I've said it before, but I'm just reminding people. Um, but no, but I really did love, I did really enjoy frozen. I loved frozen two more. Sure which came out last year. Yeah. Uh, I loved it more. I actually even watched it on the airplane back from San Francisco before this whole quarantine happened okay. uh, because it's just that good. Yeah. But um, my favorite is actually the 2010 film, uh, which started kind of the, well, I guess it didn't really start. I guess Princess and the Frog started it, but it was the next one after Princess and the Frog and it was Tangled. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tangled is a lot of fun. I, I love that movie more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> like it it is actually starting to compete with my love uh in the sense of like how often i've been watching it and how much i'm quoting it with the lion king and anastasia and those numbers are ridiculous <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it for any of you who haven't seen tangled first off it's been 10 years go watch it it's on disney plus um <laughs> secondly uh the movie is about it is pretty much it's the it's based off the, the fairy tale of rapunzel the girl with the long blonde hair who lives in a tower um but she ends but unlike the actual fairy tale where she i think she knows she's a princess and she gets taken uh she gets taken at a very young age she gets molded into believing that mother gothel is her mother um and has magical hair that you know heals people when she sings and she gets rescued by Flynn Rider, who is this swashbuckling rogue who had just stole the crown uh, from the kingdom of Corona. Mm-hmm. And they go on this amazing, they go on this adventure and they've only known each other for like three days. And this is where I think this is really interesting because most Disney princess stories are like, oh, you meet him for like a day and then you fall in love with him. It's like in a manner of three days, they wrote probably one of the best love stories, I think. Mm. 
just the way they watched the the growing between Rapunzel and Flynn, or actually his name is Eugene, but still. Um, And it was so good that, you know, everyone's been demanding a sequel. And for everyone who's demanding a sequel, stop, go to Disney Plus and watch the TV series. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have, I have watched the Aladdin series. I have watched the Little Mermaid series. Any of them have been based off of, like, the movies. And all of them are good. But Tangled takes it to another level in some way that I can't really describe how. And it's even better than, the, than those series. Oh, right. And it does a really good job of just tying a bow on, you know, what would have been a sequel movie. They just did it in a series. And it's fantastic. I love it. I recommend it. Um... Plus, it's got great musical numbers, and it's just its just so well done. Go watch Tangled, guys. It's such a good movie. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only seen it once or twice, uh, so I definitely need to watch it again. And I, when I saw it, it was closer to when it got released than now. So mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been probably close to that 10 years. Uh, nine, it's probably been at least eight years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I got the Disney Plus, so I might as well, might as well throw that on, you know, uh, when I'm having trouble sleeping at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it is fun and, and lighthearted and everything. So mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Good choice. Good Thank choice. You. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Andy, do you have another? I have one more. Okay. Uh, so we're going back to 2015. Okay. Um, so, and I'm going to go with straight out of Compton. Um, Interesting choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it, it sounds like uh, this choice is me pandering to um, the protests that are going on right now. Pandering is the wrong word or, or, you know, standing in. Regardless, listen, I really liked this movie in theaters. Um, I wasn't working or I, I was working like very minimum wage when it came out and didn't have a lot of extra money. And I saw it in theaters three times. So like it's it. So uh, Straight Outta Compton is a story about the rap group N.W.A. Mm-hmm. Um I am not allowed to say what the first word stands for, but we'll say ninjas with attitude. Um, uh, NWA is a is a bunch of you know um, it was a bunch of young rappers in Los Angeles in the late '80s uh, mm-hmm. who got together and and released an album called Straight Outta Compton. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the the movie is the story of them getting together and them breaking up, mm-hmm. and um, it's set against the back uh, the backdrop of. Um, <sighs> very racist uh los angeles politics mm-hmm. um uh the rodney king um incident happens during this movie um yeah yeah uh so this is also the movie of the ones that i mentioned that broke uh the box office uh, uh thing right because where all the other ones i talked about were all kind of bombs yeah um, this one had a budget of somewhere between 28 and 50 million dollars uh, which is a big disparity. I suspect it was probably a budget of 28 and a uh, an advertising budget of fif- uh, of another 22 to make it 50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, its box office take back was 201.6 million. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It did huge money. Um, I went and saw it initially because I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like I like hip hop, but I'm not the biggest fan of gangster rap. Yeah, and NWA was kind of the start of gangster rap. Um, I'm sure someone who knows more about hip hop and and rap culture than I do uh, will say, "Well, actually, it was these people," and I am perfectly willing to be corrected on that. Yeah. Um, but just you know, because of because uh, NWA had such a a big 
um, influence on American pop culture. I was like, I should see this movie. I know that there's going to be some facts that are slightly changed. And, you know, like mm-hmm. it was it was written by um, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and the like family members, the other members of MWA and stuff. Uh, and, and I believe Easy es um, uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there are some some things like that are that are left out for sure. Um, and there is, (laughs) there, it does kind of feel like everyone's sort of blaming Easy e for them breaking up, which is a little unfair since he's the one that died of AIDS, uh, and isn't around to defend himself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that is honestly how everyone feels. And it's just sort of an unfortunate thing about the movie. Regardless, the movie is fantastic. Um, it is a little bit longer. It's two and a half hours. Um, it is not streaming anywhere currently, unfortunately. Um, it is available to buy digitally or like I, I, I was looking this up and and you can buy it from Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, Fandango, Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. Right. Any anywhere yeah. you buy movies. And then so it's, it's like 10 bucks there and then you could rent it for three ninety nine from basically any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I if you if you are at all interested in looking up um just straight up some history of american pop culture it's a good primer it's a good mm-hmm. like you know there it's not going to give you the whole story it's not going to go into absolutely everything but for two and a half hours it does a, a pretty good job um the actors they cast all look fairly like the actual rappers is it um, one of them their son yeah so that's what i was going to say is is oh. uh um Oh, I forget his name, but uh, is it Jackson O'Shea Jr., who it's it's Ice Cube's son plays Ice Cube, um, and he looks just like his dad, but with a little bit lighter skin. Mm-hmm. But there are there are moments in the movie where like, oh, I'm looking at Ice Cube. No, I'm not. That's his kid, <laughs> because yeah. his kid, when the movie was made, is the same age Ice Cube was when the events were happening. Wow. So yeah, that's yeah. a scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, uh, you know, the, the, the movie ends kind of sadly because it, it, they do sort of, uh, indicate that they were thinking about getting back together and then easy dies from AIDS. Mm -hmm. Um, spoiler for a real life story, guys, that happened, you know, 27 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is fantastic. Um, you know, for anyone who wants to support Black Lives Matter, like here you are supporting black directors, black actors, black uh, uh, artists of all kinds, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it's legitimately a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. And and I <laughs> I don't know that there's enough that I can say enough good that I can say about this movie. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, I know. I know my, my I know I I remember when this movie was coming out because it got so much hype from like everybody like everyone I talked to seemed to have an opinion about um, the movie and not not like a negative one but just in the sense of like I have to go see it or I'm not gonna go see it or maybe I'll see it if someone drags me type of thing like sure. the type of opinions you get when people see trailers to movies right um, and I know for me myself I not that I wasn't interested in seeing it it was just kind of the thing of like. I'll see it at some point. If I don't see it in theaters, I'll see it at some point. Yeah. Um, Cause I did, I didn't realize, I think until almost the movie came out that it was actually based off that. Oh, so you didn't realize it was a true story. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a true story. I actually thought it was, and this is, and this is just purely on 
I think yeah. the advertisements I saw and the word of mouth I was hearing from everyone else, think you know, assuming what it was going to be about. Right. Um, and it wasn't until almost closer to the film coming out that someone told me what it was about, and I sat there and I went, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because, uh, like, I went out and bought the Straight Outta Compton album based on mm-hmm. the movie, right? Which yeah. you know. A couple of songs are I, I'm kind of into. A couple of them I'm very much not because again I'm just not into gangster rap very much. I'm not um, into rap much myself, but yeah. I do know that these these that album kind of defined a generation. So yeah, yeah, and um, I I like I feel like NWA was so big when they were happening, mm-hmm. and by the time you would have been conscious of pop culture and stuff, um, they were gone yeah right so mm-hmm. it makes sense that even though even though we're only eh, give or take a decade apart or a decade give or take a couple years apart um that makes such a big difference in in that part of american mm-hmm. history oh yeah um, definitely yeah yeah so um, um i'll i i after you know after like having conversations with you and a few other people i've been meaning to sit down and watch it it's just it, it, that because it's nowhere it's like well yeah, it's it is. We <laughs> we're almost out of time, so we'll get through this quick. Um, but yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that movies that aren't streaming anywhere don't get watched. Uh, mm-hmm. And but on the other hand, like movies that are streaming aren't making as much money as people who are paying as movies that are paid for. Yes. Right. So like it, we are in sort of this weird conundrum um, as a society where we're all mm-hmm. just used to everything streaming everywhere, and not everything can. Um, yeah and yeah like i don't know i don't know um you know it's it's definitely a weird conundrum i can definitely agree with you on that one yeah so but hey if you guys enjoyed the films that we talked about or you yourself have not seen them go watch them or at least yeah. go try and find them and watch them if you don't have those <laughs> streaming services yeah uh, like i said everything everything we talked about except straight out of compton i'm pretty sure was streaming on netflix or hulu or disney plus yep so that's pretty good yeah uh, seven out of eight are streaming somewhere so mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's not going to be hard to find most of them and and again like i said straight out of compton while it's not streaming for free on anything it is available you can rent it for four bucks and you get 24 hours to watch it and yeah that's you know enough time so that's plenty yeah all right guys well thanks for joining us this week uh like i said we will be taking off uh uh or i I will be taking off one of the upcoming weeks um again steph if you and josh can work things out where you guys can do an episode that'd be great um uh yeah um hit us up on social media uh atomic monsoon on instagram and facebook atomic monsoon with the underscore on instagram uh email us atomic monsoon at gmail.com um check us out on redbubble and uh rate review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast aggregator do it do it (laughs) all right guys hey uh be safe out there um and have a happy start of your summer bye everybody